The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In the book of Haggai, God, through the prophet Haggai, asked the children of Israel to consider their ways. They had begun the work of rebuilding the temple, but then they quit due to persecution. But the work stopped for many years while they began to focus on their own houses and their own stuff. God told them to evaluate where they are and how much they're really suffering because their hearts were focused on the wrong things. Elder John Morgan Owens preaches to us today about this very thing, considering our ways and making sure that our hearts are focused on our home in heaven where our treasure lies. Please join us today for the first half of this message. But first, we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy. This is my Father's word.
I certainly need the prayers tonight. What the Lord has, um, I believe, put on my mind is something that I know that I, I probably need more than anybody else in here. Uh, so as we turn to the book of Haggai, um, I want to just warn you that if it feels like I'm stepping on anybody's toes, I'm not aiming at your toes. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I was thinking about this because of my need for it. The book of Haggai, and we'll look at chapter 1. It's a time in, in the history of Israel that is a, a sort of a dark time, but there's a little ray of light in that they are rebuilding the temple, or, or the Lord is about to tell them to rebuild the temple. <laughs> and so they're, they're obviously, we've talked about this before, Brother Chris has mentioned this before, that as they're rebuilding it, people are, the, the older folks are discouraged because it's not as good as the, as the former house. And as a matter of fact, they were discouraging, actively discouraging people who were excited about it because they were saying, oh, it's not as good as the good old days, right? And we've, we've talked about the, the warnings of, of being that way, right? Because we'll have times where we, we go through the, the ebbs and flows of life, and we'll have times here at this church where it's not as bright as it was in times past. But... In the kingdom of God, we've got to remember that the best is always yet to come, Amen. right? But now that's not what I want to talk about tonight. What I want to focus in on is in verse 4. <clears throat> uh, well, verse 3, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. That's pretty discouraging. <laughs> but here's what's happening. They're there. <laughs> And, and the house of the Lord is just sitting there in shambles. And everybody is focusing in on their own lives, on building their own nice, sealed-up houses. And the house of God is being neglected. Now, <laughs> I think you can see the parallel that we have in our lives. Okay, When, when you leave here... <laughs> now, this building is not what we're talking about. We're talking about... The, the kingdom, as, as Jesus says, to seek the kingdom first. What happens when you leave here and you go back here to your home tonight and you start your week and, and you, you go through your week? If you're like me, or at least I have been, is I'm focusing on building my house. Right? I'm focusing on, on building up and, and focusing on my life and I'm neglecting the kingdom of God. And what, what is the warning that he gives us here? <laughs> You've sown much and you bring in little. You, you have not enough. You, you, uh, you eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You put on clothes, but you're not warm enough. And you earn your wages, <laughs> and it's like you're putting in a bag with holes in it. Did any of you ever feel like you get into the grind and all of a sudden, nothing that you do is ever enough. And you get in this cycle of uh, as if you feel as if you're putting your money in a bank account that's got more holes in it. <laughs> and, and you're just sinking. 
And then what happens is that, like I said, it's a vicious cycle. What happens then is you focus more on it. You focus more on trying to, you know, you're not satisfied with your life. You're not satisfied with, with your, your, maybe it's your house. You're not satisfied with your car. You're not satisfied with, uh, you know, the food that you're eating or, or the amount of money that you've got. And so what do you do? You double down and you work harder on it, and then it gets even worse. <laughs> Verse 7, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. That gives me chills. <laughs> Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Now this seems contrary. When you find yourself in that grind and you're, you're, you're uh, grinding the wind, as, as they say. It's, it's contrary to what you would think. To, to take your focus away from those things and to go up to the mountain and to bring wood and to build the house of God. Right. He says, and I will take pleasure in it. You know, your whole purpose in, in God creating you, right, is to glorify God. Amen. Now, I lose that purpose. I try to find purpose in, in, what, I'm, in what I'm doing in my work. We try to find purpose in our hobbies. But your purpose is to glorify God and to please Him. And God says this, when you focus on my house, on my kingdom, it pleases Him. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is in waste, that ye run every man unto his own house. He said, you want to know why you feel like you're not getting anywhere? Like you're just running on a treadmill and never actually getting to your destination? You know why you feel like that? Because I am, am making that happen. That's what God says. You want to feel like you're actually doing something in life? Do what God made you to do. Amen. Now, I say that to me. Let's go over to the book of Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10 first. Matthew chapter 10, and we'll look around... Um, Verse 37. So one of the teachings of Jesus here on this subject. It says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Now this is, as it's said in the scripture, this is a hard saying, right? This is a hard one to read because we look at that and we say, well, why would the Lord require us to give so much? Now, he doesn't say that you're supposed to hate your family. As a matter of fact, there's direct scripture on point that you ought to love your neighbors, including your family, right? You ought to be... Uh, whatever role that you have, if you're, a, if you're a father, if you're a mother, if you're a wife, a husband, or a, a son, a daughter, you need to fill that role and to love your family. Right. Here's the point. Is that when you begin to love family above God, then you've got a major problem. Amen. Now that is an easy problem to have. It's easy to, to love your spouse or to love your child above God. I've been there. Many times. 
But he says this, you want to you follow God and, and find that fulfillment in your life again? <laughs> what do you do? You take up your cross. It sounds like a fun thing to do. To take up your instrument of, of suffering and to follow after Him. Amen. And he says this, He that findeth his life shall lose it. You want to go and you want to try to find your life and you want to go pursue anything out there in the world. Pursue your hobbies, pursue your passions to try to find your life. You know what's going to happen? You're going to lose it. Amen. Why is that? It's because you were made. You were made to be with God. You were made to serve Him. And so any other passion, any other pursuit of yours is going to be vain. And so he says, but he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He's not saying, he's not saying that you've got to lay down your life and die in order to you know, go to heaven. That's not what he's talking about. He's not saying that in order for you to truly finally find yourself, you've got to die. He's not saying that. He's talking about every day when you get up, are you willing to lay down your life, to lay down your desires, to take up the cross instead, and to follow Him. Now, we are hardwired to avoid pain. Brother Chris was talking this morning about uh, training up children and the gentle parenting doctrine, or whatever you would call it out there, that, uh, that, that you, know, you just negotiate with your child, you know? You know, that, that's not going to work. You know, it, it, that's not going to work with adults. <laughs> you know, but, but we respond to pain, unfortunately, okay? People get all up in arms about corporal punishment when it comes to children. But here's the reality. We respond to pain, and we also, you know, positive reinforcement's good also, you know? But what we need to know is that when we, when we are going down a certain path, that there is pain associated with it. All right? It doesn't have to be overwhelming pain. It just needs to be some pain met there. Okay, right. You don't have to abuse your child <laughs> to not spare the rod, Amen. as Brother Chris was saying. But we hate pain. I hate pain. I, some of you may like it. I don't know, but I do not. Okay, You know, if there is an option for me, in, in some type of procedure, do you want to have some anesthetic do you wanna, or do you want to just kind of tough it out? Now, I want everything that I can get, right? I want, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, now some of you may not be this way, but I'm the kind of guy that if, if I feel a headache coming on, I might as well just go ahead and, and take something, you know, take an ibuprofen, take a Tylenol or something. You know, I just don't like pain. But here's what God says to us. It's, it is contrary to every single teaching in the world. He says, give up the things that you feel like you want and take on the pain of following me and you'll find your life. Amen. Now, it doesn't mean what we, we think and, and what Satan tells us is that's going to be a painful experience. That all it's going to be is just a pain to follow the Lord. What's going to happen is that once you begin to take on that cross and actually follow him, you're going to realize that you are happier than you have ever been, that you're probably healthier than you've ever been, because there are downsides to following after your own life and after your own desires. And we'll talk about that here in a second. 
Now let's go to Matthew uh, 6. We'll go back there. All right, so some harsh words there about even your own family shouldn't come before God. And that's hard. (laughs) But we go there to spell out this, to really uh, get the point across (laughs) that God means this, all right? That this is important. This may be... In your discipleship, this may be the very most important thing that you do is seek Him first, okay? You can look at any number of examples in Scripture. We'll look at a few, but every single person in Scripture ultimately is an example of this. If they go off the trail into disobedience, what have they done? (laughs) They have put themselves or some other desire before God. If you are actively... In every moment of your life, putting God first, guess what's happening? You are obeying Him, and you're following Him. The problem is that we don't keep Him there, right? The times that I've put myself first, or some other desire first above God, it far outweighs the times that I've put God first, unfortunately. He says here in Matthew 6, in verse 33, Talking about all of these, all of these desires that you're, that people are seeking after, he says these are the things that the world is seeking after. Don't worry about that, he said. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now this verse has has continually been cropping up in my life lately. Um, you know, not that I necessarily look for signs, but I do know that the Lord sometimes will try to get a point across to us, okay? This is, as I've mentioned, something that has convicted me, okay? I have been putting things before God. Stuff and things and people before God. And so because of that, my life has, has turned into a grind, okay? Because that's what's going to happen. And so... This verse keeps coming up, and I, and I keep um, praying about it, and I, you know, I keep thinking, yeah, thank you, Lord, for that verse, and then I don't do anything about it. You know? Thank you for that encouragement. But what this, this verse calls for action, okay? It's not just a good verse to encourage you. Right. This is a verse telling you what you need to do. Amen. It says, seek ye first. It is a very simple concept, very hard to put into practice. But he says, seek ye first. Now, look, he's not asking you to seek only the kingdom. He has given you many good things. He's given us things that we can do. Hobbies and, and, and um, family and other things to enjoy. Okay? But he says this, seek him first. Okay? If he is our priority, then everything else is going to, be, is going to fall into its proper place. Now, Notice this, he said, and all these things shall be added unto you. (laughs) Now, he's not talking about uh, cars (laughs) and houses. What are the things, these things that he's talking about? He's talking about food and drink and clothing, your your necessities, okay? So, if you feel like you're going to just seek the kingdom first and get all of your wishes and wants and desires, that's not how it works, okay? What's going to happen is you seek the kingdom first. God is going to provide for your necessities. And you are going to be changed. Okay? 
It's not going to be that God is going to change all your circumstances around you. He's going to change your priorities in the midst of your circumstances such that you don't care so much for all those things that you thought you wanted anymore. You know? That all of a sudden, you are, you are living on the goodness, the righteousness of God. You don't need all of the sugary sweets of the world, right? That is fake promises to you. And He says there, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. <clears throat> Easy concept, but hard to put into practice. Let's go to Matthew 16 and verse 24. Jesus is teaching on this again. Now, he's, he's teaching on this in multiple places in Scripture. What does that tell us? I mean, as, as we've said before, if it's in there once, it's important. <laughs> if it's in there multiple times, we obviously need to pay attention. Amen. Not only that, but in, in multiple times in the same gospel, we're still in the, in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus teaches this. Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now this is hard, okay? Because in your fallen state, I mentioned before that you were created to glorify God. The problem is that we have fallen. We have fallen from our state that God made us into a a, a perverse version okay and so what's happened is is that that desire and that longing that you have to worship that God made us has been perverted to now where we worship ourselves in our natural state you know you see all these people that say they don't believe in God they don't that you know they're not going to show up to some church and worship well they're worshiping <laughs> they're worshiping themselves okay because as I said, we, we were made with this innate desire to worship, okay? And so to take that, to take your brokenness and your focus on yourself and to put that aside and to follow Him, for, you've got to be born again to do that, okay? Amen. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Now, this is not what, what the world would tell you. I, I've heard Christian songs about this, um, about this next verse. Said, For what if a man, what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, they, they try to take this and to say that if you pursue after the things of this world, that you're going to lose your soul. Lose your, and they, they take that to mean your salvation. Right, that you're gonna find yourself drifting off, and and you're gonna lose it, <laughs> lose your soul. That's not what it means, okay? What it does mean is that you will, in fact, lose yourself, okay? You will lose uh, yourself to fellowship with God and drift down this pathway. If you pursue yourself and your heart, the desires of your nasty, stinking heart, you will find yourself on a collision course toward ostracizing yourself from the warmth and the comfort of the kingdom of God Amen. and out there in the loneliness by yourself, right? And so in that sense, you'll lose your soul. Now, your, your soul, your, your 
your inner man that Jesus Christ has redeemed, there, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, okay? There's no addiction. There's no, <laughs> there's no geographical place that you can go. <laughs> there's no dark hole that you, can, that you can crawl down into that will separate you from the love of God. He shed his very own blood for you. He will have, he will have you. But what happens is that in your life, let's just, let's just say this for example. If I were to decide that I wanted to pursue a, a, a life of fulfillment of the desires of my flesh, that I felt like that's what I needed to be happy. And so in, instead of pursuing the Lord anymore, instead of coming to church, instead of Bible time and prayer time with him, I decided I'm just going to focus on this one little hobby of mine that makes me happy. And I'm going to go to, I'm going to go travel to conferences on this thing. And I'm going to routinely miss church for this hobby. And I'm going to try to make a living off of this hobby. And that is my life now. You know what's going to happen is I'm going to slowly, sometimes quickly, <laughs> drift away from the, from the beauty of the kingdom of God. What happens then when I'm drifting away and hardship comes? I don't have the comfort of the kingdom anymore because I'm, I've just been pursuing myself. I have lost my soul when I've done that. All right, verse 19 of Matthew 6, he says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's a beautiful, simple teaching here that Jesus gives. He says, if, if you want to run yourself ragged <laughs> trying, to, trying to fill up your bank account or try to give you the nicest things or the, or the greatest possessions, those are all things that you are wasting your time on because they can be taken from you. Just like that. You know, I, I, I distinctly remember, of course, um, Meredith and I were, were still broke, but we were broke, especially broke, uh, and while I was in school, and, and Meredith was the breadwinner, and, and I, I've said that many times, that from, from the day of our wedding, we were a sinking ship as far as our finances go you know we were living off savings and we were happy about it we didn't know how broke we were so after I got out and I, I was working and we were making a little money I you know feeling pretty good and then all of a sudden the time comes that the money gets stripped from me in taxes right <laughs> which you know it, it makes you it makes you upset but then you remember that as Jesus said <laughs> Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. You know, it's got the inscription in the United States on my dollars. <laughs> and so I, that's fine to give it back, you know. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts when you try to work so hard for something that's just going to go away. Right. But he says this, why don't instead, why don't you focus on things that can't be taken away from you? Right. Now, obviously, this does not mean that you don't, that you just quit your job <laughs> And that you just, you know, you just become a monk and the Lord is going to sustain all of my needs. You know, one of the ways he provides for your needs is through a job or some other type of income like that. That is not what he's saying. The point is your priorities, okay? And that's the same thing with the family. 
He doesn't say hate your father and your mother in the way that we think of, that you should go around and talk bad about them. No, he says in comparison to the way that your priority is set on God, it ought to look as if you hate them. But you really don't, okay? Seek him and lay up treasures in heaven. It doesn't mean that when you get to heaven, you're going to have a bigger pile of, of treasure than anybody else because that's not what it's about in heaven. What is the treasure of heaven? It is Jesus Christ. He's the treasure in heaven. But now you walk around and you have heaven on earth with you when you walk around. Did you know that? You have the kingdom within you. Now, it doesn't matter where you go. The kingdom is always there. Now, wouldn't you rather be, be focusing time and, and, and laying up treasures there and that place where it can't be taken from you, that, that the IRS isn't going to come in and do an audit and decide that, hey, you didn't, you didn't pay us enough of these, uh, these spiritual things. <laughs> you know, these are things that can't be taken from you. No fire is going to strip it from you. No tornado is going to take it from you. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The thing that you treasure most, that is where your heart is. You know, for instance, you know, they, they have that example, that story of the fire comes through a house and the mother immediately uh, checks on the child, immediately thinks about the child. That's where her treasure is, right? <laughs> now, where do you want your treasure to be? Do you want your treasure to be in the stock market that is fickle? Do you want your treasure to be in your job? Do you want your treasure to be in some person who's going to let you down? Do you want your treasure uh, to be in your health? God forbid, right? You could disappoint yourself real quick. Or do you want your treasure to be in heaven? <laughs> Where, where it is only going to be better. <laughs> it's always going to be better. Amen. That's where I want my treasure to be. Amen. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.